welcome to Church Family Movement, a Being Church podcast. This is episode number two. I'm here. My name is Bobby, and my co-host's name is Manet. Yes. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. And welcome to our podcast, round two. Round two. So uh, today we'll be talking about family. So our podcast is Church Family Movement, and so we want to hit that uh, element of family. And today, kind of what we wanted to focus on was raising boys. Uh, Manet has two boys. I have one boy and one on the way. And I'll let Manet kind of share with you about her two boys. Yeah, I have uh, Jaden and Jeremy. And I actually also have two bonus sons, uh, Samuel and Brayden. Brayden, who is because I was in a blended family. Um, so I have two biological boys, Jaden and Jeremy, and my two bonus sons, Brayden and Samuel Michaels. Uh-huh. And so I have. Uh, a 20-month-old son named Micah, and then one on the way is due October 8th now. I think it's been moved up. So October 8th, his name will be Elijah Alexander. And so what we wanted to do was to offer you guys um, <clears throat> just things that we've learned. You know, Manet's, May's kids are 12 and 13, so yes. she's have, had 12, 13 years of experience. I've had 20 months of experience. <laughs> so we're at different... Uh, levels of parenting there but uh, we wanted to just encourage one another really uh, to hear what each other has to say and then also encourage you uh, in your parenting and so what we'll do is we'll start with prayer yes um we'll start with prayer uh, dear heavenly father in the mighty name of jesus we come before you this morning and we thank you for this opportunity to sit down together again um and talk about family and we thank you for our families that you have blessed us with so father i pray for each and and, um, every person that's listening right now i pray that god will you help them to um, open their hearts and mind and you speak to them through us as we proceed with this podcast we thank you god for our viewers for our listeners yeah in jesus name i pray amen amen so where do we start with parenting we uh you know, I've I've experienced a lot in the past 20 months because when I first got into it, if you will, is I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Right. And, uh, you know, Micah would scream and I would sometimes, sounds bad, but I would shout back <laughs> at him like, hey, stop, stop <laughs> screaming at me. Why, why are you doing that? Uh, he was kind of invading my, my space. <laughs> so that's how I felt at the beginning. And I really had to adapt and and uh, so, so I've been on a roller coaster with Micah. Um, how did things start out for you? Oh, I think it's, it's, you know because when you give birth to a child, you it doesn't come with a, a, a book to you know. So I was the same way. Like this kid does not stop pooping, you know. <laughs> this kid does not you know doesn't stop uh, yeah screaming. Like my kids, you know, like when they were little, they were very like very clingy. You could, you could say if you can say and um yeah my husband was like you know you you have to just put them down sometimes because every single time they would cry my first instinct was just to go pick them up right mm-hmm. and my husband's like you know you just have to put them down sometimes and just let them cry for themselves and i'm one of those people that i didn't want them to cry mm-hmm. you know it just broke my heart when they would cry and not me not knowing what they wanted you know you would feed them you would change them and they would be still crying and not knowing you know how to stop that sometimes was frustrating mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, very frustrating especially the sleepless nights yes 
Uh, that's what we're not looking forward to with <laughs> Elijah is the first three months of, of no sleep. Yeah. Uh, that was really trying, uh, not only for me, but also for marriage. Yes. Did you experience that? Uh, yes. Yes, because so I was a stay-home mom and my husband worked. So uh, I would want to put the kids in our room, you know, and he's like, no, I'm trying to sleep. You know, I have to go to work. And, you know, that kind of brought some friction there because he had to get his sleep. And I also wanted to get some sleep. Even though I was a stay-at-home mom, I still had to get some sleep. So it was kind of kind of hard, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when did, um, at what point did you feel like you got a good grip on, you know, from having no experience to then how many months passed before you say, okay, I got this. I kind of know I'm rolling with the punches. Well, I still don't have it. And oh. they are 14 and <laughs> they are going to be 13 and 14 this year. I don't, yeah, I, I think that uh, once they started school hmm. and my kids, like I said, um, they never slept through the night. They never, until they were probably first and second grade, that's when they start, you know, like they would sleep in their room. And every day, every night at three o'clock in the morning, they would find themselves in my room every single time. Hmm. And um, that didn't stop until, like I say, when they were in first and uh, second grade. And like I say, I don't think I still feel like I have a grip on them because you're still learning. Like in, in every stage has its own challenges. Hmm. So you're still receiving challenges at every stage and you know you're still learning to be a parent and i think i don't think that will ever stop Hmm. you know interesting yeah what helped you through the process of adapting to new changes so what helped i would say for me uh praying (laughs) praying for strength praying for wisdom uh, because sometimes like we don't know how to raise our kids and we were all raised differently and you want to try not to raise your kids the way that you were raised because some of us you know like our childhood was not very pleasant so you know for me praying a lot for God to give me guidance and wisdom on how to raise my boys because you know like I I believe that children they are a gift from God right Mm -hmm. they're a blessing uh, that come that God gives us Um, and the Bible says that God knew us before we were even conceived in our mother's womb right so my thing was, okay, God, you knew Jaden and Jeremy, you know, or Braden or Sam, before they were even, you know, conceived in the womb. You knew them, and you know their life. I am just a vessel that you used to bring these children to this world. But at the end of the day, these children belong to you. So I have to go to God and get guidance and wisdom on how do I raise these children that you have blessed me with? How can I be a good mother to these boys that you have blessed me with? So my thing, like I said, is prayer, going to God, because I'm like, okay, God, you know these kids. I don't know them. I mean, I, don't, I, I just know the, the little that I know, but at the end of the day, God knows the day they were going to be born. You know, the, the, God knows the wives they're, they're going to be with or whatever they're going to. God knows that information. So I have to get close to God, seeking him through prayer and for him to give me the wisdom and guidance that he needs. Uh, I need to raise to raise the boys. Excellent. That's something um, <clears throat> for me, I think, control. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to control the environment. You know that I that my kid that Micah is in that he, Elijah will be in right. to control the environment to control the way they act, yeah. um, and so what I hear you saying is like prayer, really, and and knowing that 
God created them fearfully and wonderfully. Uh, he, he knows the beginning to the end of their life. Right. And I don't have to control. God is in sovereign, sovereign control. Um, his sovereign will will come to pass. Absolutely. So I can kind of pump the brakes on my control, take a step back and let things play out. Yes. Uh, sort of. Okay. Yes. I think, yeah, I think because that's the only way that we can, we can um, raise these children because in, especially in this world, you know, there's a lot of things pulling them different. Like I say, we're not going to be with them at school when they go to school. Mm. But we know. Oh, I will. Yeah. I'm going to homeschool. Yeah, I got to have control over their school. Uh, <laughs> but you're not going to be with them 24 7. That's, that's true, what, you that's know. True. So, like, for my kids, they're in the public school. And uh, I remember one of my friends was like, Why are you putting your kids in public school? You know, I was like, Well, you know, I believe that my prayers will always go with my kids wherever they are. I, I think that prayer, I, I, I'm strong. You know that, Bobby. I strongly believe in the power of prayer. And I feel like, you know, if my kids go to a party or they go with their friends, instead of me staying home worrying, what are they doing? What are they getting into? I believe that, you know, God is here. My prayer of protection for them over their mind, over their spirit, over their, over their body. So my in that position, in that time, when they're out, are out of my presence, I don't have to worry or fear, like, you know, like what environment are they in? Because I believe that, you know, what I've taught them, hopefully they'll, they'll remember yeah. the right things that, you know, because I've taught them right from wrong. So I hope that they'll always remember that. And if they, and if they don't, you know, if they stray, we know that God will bring them back to where they need to be. Yeah. Well, let's enter into prayer for that, for, for anyone who feels like me, where you kind of feel like you have to control things and you, you're hesitant and almost fearful to let your kids out of your sight. Mm -hmm. um, let's kind of pray for, for that release of control. Yeah. Father, we, uh, I pray for myself. I pray for those who are listening who may feel any type of way that I do um, regarding really giving you our children. Yes giving you our children and allowing you to, to do what you want in their lives as opposed to us trying to take complete control. And so we yield to you. We yield to your spirit. We ask for peace and for peace of mind, for a stillness in our heart to know that you love our children even more than we love them. Yes. Your will for their life is better than we could imagine better than we could ever create for them. So I just pray for a deep sense of peace to overwhelm each parent's mind, each parent's heart when it comes to um, letting them be kids, letting them be uh, free at certain times, freeing ourselves from, from being in complete control yeah. and uh, to where it, it brings stress on our life. And so we just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, like, I like that, Bobby. Uh, the other thing that my mom taught me as a child when I was growing up, you know, because there's four of us, and my mom was a very uh, strong Christian woman, and she would always tell me every single time. When I was young, and I used to hate this because in my young mind, I thought she was telling me to stop loving her because she would always say, Mune, hmm. I want you to love God more than you love me, more than you love anybody or anything she would always drill that in us growing up mm. like i want you and i would cry i'm like no mom but i want to love you. he's like no mm. i'm not telling you to stop loving me but i want you to, to to feel yourself first with the love of god i want you to love god with everything and every fiber of your body and um 
put him first in everything. Mm-hmm. So when I had my own kids, I used to tell them the same thing. And guess what? They The reaction was the same. They would cry, mom, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would have to explain them, you know, that, you know, the reason my mom would say that was wherever you go, I cannot go with you. Uh-huh. When you go to school, I don't go with you. When you go take a shower, I don't go with you. When you when I send you to the store, I don't go with you. But guess who's always gonna be with you? God is always going to be with you. Uh-huh. And I'm so looking back now. I'm so grateful and thankful that my mom taught me that because, you know, like I've lost so much in my life. But you know, I still feel the pain. But the pain is not so great because that part of my heart is filled with the love of God. So uh-huh. when when I lose things or people, you know, leave me or, you know, like lose people to death or whatever. Yeah, it still hurts. But that part of me is filled with God to where I know I always, I'm never going to be alone because mm-hmm. I always have God. Yeah. So I think that would be good to teach our kids to love God more than anything. The, the way that speaks to me is I hear of, and I know a lot of people experience where they will their belief in God and the sustaining belief is based on their parents' faith, if that makes sense. And so I think when you give them the independency to go and experience God for themselves, Mm -hmm. be loved by Him, love Him more than anything, it gives them, allows them to stand on a rock that Christ is versus standing on their parents' rock. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes, yep. Yeah, because that for me, what that did for me, it taught me to seek God on my own. Mm-hmm. Not because my mom was seeking God. You know, it taught me to like, okay, God, and I need to love you. I need to know you because you can't love what you don't know, right? Yeah. So that's that put me puts me on a journey to seek God, and have my own personal relationship. You know, a, apart from my parents, mm-hmm. my own personal relationship with God. And like I say, I feel like my mom prepared me for a world without her. You know, yeah. and um. Excellent. Yeah. I think, too, that's a good place to transition into. As we do parent our kids, you can only give them what you have. Right? And so, for example, Micah, he's 20 months old. He doesn't know who God is. He doesn't have a personal relationship with him. But he has a personal relationship with me. Right. And so, pretty much, I am God to him. Right. You know, I am I am God to him, you know, I don't, (laughs) not to sound odd, but, but I am, I'm a representation of God. And until he knows better, Mm -hmm. I need to exemplify Christ-like character to him so that he can start to get to know God before he knows God. Right, 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 right. That, that is pretty good. And you know, the thing is, you know, I've watched how you are raising Micah. Oh my gosh, he's the most sweetest kid ever (laughs) and you guys are doing an amazing job, you know, of how you're teaching him, even though he's 20 months. Um, he already knows right from wrong. Like mm-hmm. I remember one time when I was babysitting him, he he uh, accidentally dropped his uh, cup with his milk in it, mm-hmm. and it spilled. He's 20 months old. This kid went and got a paper towel and cleaned up his mess. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm like, wow. And we were playing. You know, we had t- toys out. When we were done playing, you know, he put everything back at 20 yeah. months old. So you guys are doing an amazing job because you're already teaching him, you know, you know, to put stuff away, to shut the doors. Like, you know, yeah. if he sees the basement door open, he goes yeah. and closes it. So you guys are doing an amazing job. Thank you. You know. 
and uh, I'll, I'll share with you some transparency there. Yeah, I'm I'm prone to be lazy, and so <laughs> yeah, I'm prone I to be lazy know. in different in different areas of life, and so you could have fooled me. Yeah, and so when he, I don't want to put toys away. Yeah. I don't want to clean up messes. So what better than to start to teach him to do it, so I don't mm. have to do it. Right? <laughs> I mean, and it works. It works yeah. both ways. It's going to teach him responsibilities, yes. and it's going to, you know, I just like to delegate to him. You know. <laughs> You're doing a good job. You, 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 you are. And, and uh, you know, like, you know, like I always say, like, life is spiritual, right? Like, we are, we are spirits in a human body. And I think our spirit knows from the time we were born. And the reason why I say that, I think I've shared this story with you, Bobby. When my kids were one and two, they would take a nap uh, around noon. And every time before nap, you know, I would read a Bible story and then I would try to explain it to them in, you know, in a way that they would understand. Mm -hmm. And I think on one, on one particular day, we were talking about calling on Jesus for help. So mm -hmm. I, 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 I forgot what verse we read, but you know, I, I was, uh, as, I, as, as I was explaining it to them, I was telling them, you know, whenever you get in trouble, call on Jesus. And remember, Jaden is two and Jeremy is one at the moment. So when I was saying these things, I was just thinking I'm just talking to myself or, you know. Anyways, few weeks later, Jaden went downstairs and poured flour over all my brown couches and the carpet. <laughs> so he comes upstairs and I went downstairs and I see this mess. I'm downstairs, I call on him on, on top of my lungs. Jaden Webster, Dennis, you are in trouble. And with his two year old sweetest voice, he went, Jesus. <laughs> Awesome. Whoa, he did not get a whooping. He did <laughs> not get, uh, yeah, he didn't get any discipline that day because I was so amazed. Like, too, he, he could remember what I had shared with him about Jesus, like when you're in trouble. And for him to know that he's in trouble and to call Jesus, that was, for me, that was amazing. But then I had to remember, like, you know, yeah, he has the spirit of God in him. Even though he's mm -hmm. two, even though he's one, he still has that spirit of God in him. And the spirit of God hears yeah. voice you know like you say my sheep knows my voice right mm -hmm. so even if they're young it's it's important for us to teach them all these uh, essential life skills yeah you know yeah and when it comes to to cleaning up the mess and and, and things of that nature it's using those what are those called where you hands-on type of uh Fine motor skills. Fine, yeah, fine motor, fine motor yeah. skills. So instead of, we don't have a lot of toys. Yeah. We don't keep a lot of toys in the house. We, we keep a certain amount of toys, but more so I'm like, okay, what can, where, what can he get his hands on and be productive mm. um, and learn daily life skills while using those form, fine motor skills? Right. And so, you know, taking the trash out, doing his own laundry. Yep. I have him go in there, pick up his socks. That's I lift him up, put your socks in the washer. You know, things yes. like that. You <laughs> learn those fine motor skills. And again, I don't have to do it. Right. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about, you mentioned uh, he didn't get a whooping yeah. when he called for Jesus. <laughs> so I, I know, uh, it's it, I forget what proverb it is, but where you withhold the rod, then you spoil the child, correct? Right. And so <clears throat> what we're experiencing right now, probably for the last two months, is being hit. So Micah yeah. hits us on average, probably five to 10 times a day. And he slaps us, he'll slap us in the stomach, he'll, or I'm sorry, slap us in the face, sometimes slap Lily in the stomach and she's mm -hmm. pregnant. So we're, we're really battling with that. And so we have introduced a paddle, a wooden paddle. And where we're at now is um, when we do give him what we call a pow pow, 
he he knows now so he'll come up and he'll swat at me to smack me and i'll dodge it and he misses and once he misses he says pow pow and then he walks over to the drawer to get out the spatula to pow pow himself and he, so i don't know you know i I, I know he knows now. He associates when he when he slaps that he's gonna get a pow pow. Right. So you know how, how do you feel? How did that well, work for you? So, so like I, I come from a different culture, yeah. you know, and uh, in, in, in the culture that I came from, you know, I think all the parents in African, all the African parents would be in jail if they were in this culture, huh. you know, because the way that we got disciplined was, you know, so I think that there comes a fine line there to where. Like you can kind of get gauge between abuse and was we, we were basically abused because yeah. I mean like on on my back I still have scars of you know you oh, you, really? go, you go get yeah. your own switch and my dad would get the switch put like butter on it and like put it on the fire and then like oh, so my. so that was yeah that was kind of um, so like when you come to discipline like with my kids I did this. Uh, the pow pow <laughs> I did it too but I try not to do it out of anger yeah you know like or sometimes if if you try to discipline a child when you're out of anger you might hurt them you might yeah. you know so with my kids they'll, they'll do things sometimes to where I'll have to go and cool off first before I come and discipline them yeah. and then when I after I discipline them you know I tell before I discipline them I tell them why I'm doing what I'm doing and afterwards I tell you know um, so which is like so for me as a single parent because you know my husband passed away when he was alive he was the one that would discipline the kids and I was the more the one that would come and comfort them afterwards mm. but after he passed away I had to, to do both you know and mm. it was kind of, of challenging and we had to find some other ways too you know of discipline that doesn't include physical yeah you know yeah, so that can be a fine line when it comes to that. Yeah, and I'm on board there, not not disciplining, not giving a pow-pow out of anger. Right. Um, that's how we were raised. We were raised where we received the belt or whatever sort of uh, you know, hand or whatever it was that was coming down on us, but it was always out of anger. Right. And so I didn't experience the love of discipline. And I know God says he disciplines those whom he loves. Yes. I felt like as a child I was disciplined because I was hated and you know, because mm. I, I was wrong. Yeah. And so that's what I've definitely, absolutely implemented because I was a bit fearful to use the pow-pow, to use the paddle because of the way I was raised. Right. So I was fearful of it. Right. And I didn't, I didn't agree with it. But at the same time, I was like, no, I mean, it, God disciplines those whom he loves. And I can see how this is a, is a, a means of discipline, but not the primary means. Right. And so two good things I've heard recently was to really, when it comes to discipline, to, to sandwich it with love. Yes. And so yes. they experience unconditional love daily, moment by moment in their life mm -hmm. from you as parents. Right. And then when it comes to discipline, like you said, explain what's going on, why it's going on. Right. And then give them the discipline they need, and then shower them with love again. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, the uh, what I do with my kids, is they'll do something crazy, you know, like, um, and they would expect me to discipline them. So I would call them. I would like, Jaden, Jeremy, come in here right now. And you know, like, they come in here. You know, they they're already anticipating like, what's gonna, what's mom gonna do? 
and I'll sit them down and I'm like, what should I do? Oh, you should take our stuff away. You should ground mm-hmm. us for a week. You should do that. I'm like, exactly, but I'm not gonna do that. I forgive mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Because the reason why I do that, because I want them to understand what forgiveness is. So here they come, they're anticipating for me to punish them. They're anticipating like mom is gonna be mad, we're gonna be grounded for a week, we're gonna t- have everything taken away. And then they come to me and I say, no, I'm not gonna do any of that. And yeah. you, you know, you deserve to, yeah, that deserves to be happening. But I, w- I want you to know what God's forgiveness is. Yeah, and grace. And grace. Mm-hmm. So I do that with them. And so when next time they get into a fight, I'll be like, okay, you need to give your brother grace. You mm-hmm. need to give your brother forgiveness. And remember when I forgave you, so uh, because like even God, you know, right, he's like, forgive others as I have forgiven you. Mm-hmm. So me as a parent, like you were saying, like, you know, to, to, to Micah, you're like a God, right? So if I am like a God to my kids, I need to forgive them. I need to them. I need for them to know what forgiveness feels like and mm. what it is. Yeah, I remember the first time I really experienced God's grace through my dad mm-hmm. as an answer because of an answer to my prayer. <clears throat> when I was young, I, I must have been about 16, 15, 16, 17 years old, um, and I used to get bad grades uh, after my junior years, my junior and senior year. And when I did get bad grades, I would I would feel it. You know, I would right. I would get beat up literally. And yeah. So I remember praying one time after uh, two consecutive uh, report card, bad report cards, and getting beat up. I was like, God, please! They were they were gone on parent teacher conferences. Yeah. And I was just sitting by the the front window with my poodle, with yeah. our, our uh, family poodle, waiting for that car to return. As soon as it did, I was like, Oh. God, please. And I didn't have a relationship with God at the time. Yeah. I was like, God, please don't let me get hit. Don't let me get hit. Don't let me get hit. I, I took the poodle into the living room, sat on the couch. My dad walks through the kitchen and uh, walks into the living room. And I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, right. Here we go. But he went downstairs in the basement and just punched the punching bag for a good 10, 15 minutes. No way. And as that was going on, <laughs> I remember him like shouting and screaming because he was so angry. Yeah. But I was like, oh my gosh, prayer, this prayer worked. <laughs> it was one of the only times I prayed as a kid. Oh, wow. And, and it, it, with every blow and every scream, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I felt, I didn't know it at the time what it, what it was, but I felt the grace of God. Wow. And then answer to prayer. Yes, that yeah. is, that's beautiful. Yeah. That is, you know, like, I think, you know, like, like you're saying the way that we are raised to, you know, my, my, my dad was very, uh, you know, abusive too. And like, in our culture it's something normal. It's, you know, it's, it's normal to see parents, like how your dad was punching that punch bag. Mm-hmm. It would be a parent punching their kid like that, yeah. you know? So I'm glad that your dad did that. Well, I'm glad God did God, that yeah, through him God, because, yes. you know, he, yeah, he didn't, you know, I think just God moved and, yeah. and pushed back the, whatever you call it, I don't know if my dad's going to listen, but the satanic influence yes. in him uh, to push that back and, and keep it off me. Right. And it was a blessing. Right. So. Oh, that is, yeah. So the other thing that I want to talk about, you know, like what I do with my, like, like I say, a lot of us adults, we didn't have pleasant childhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, our, our home lives were not pleasant. And for me, like, that has always been in the back of my head to where I'm like, I don't want to raise my kids the way that I was raised. Mm-hmm. So I do this thing with my boys. Like, we used to do this every month. We go on a date night. And uh, me and my two boys would go on a date night. Mm-hmm. And I would sit down during dinner and I would ask them, what am I doing good as a mother? Mm-hmm. 
and what am I doing bad as a mother? Like, what? How can I be a better mother to them? You know, and they'll also ask me, Mom, what can we do better to make your life easier? So we had that open, oh, yeah, that yeah. communication. Um, and my boys, you know, <laughs> they um, they are very open. We have a very uh, open relationship to where you know like they'll tell me, Mom, you know, we don't like it when you. You know, when when you do this, we don't like it. Or when you uh, come to our school and you wanna t talk to every teacher, because <laughs> 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 you know me, I love to talk. You know, I, I I kind of embarrass them, so they'll tell me the things that embarrasses them, and I actually do them more too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's important to uh, for our kids to know, like, if, even if we're going through something, like, you know, mom is not feeling okay right now, so that they know, instead of us lashing out uh, to them in anger, or, yeah. um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so that goes back to, there was two things I, I learned recently. Um, mm -hmm. And one of those things is exactly what you're talking about. We had a, a monthly dinner where my wife and I will invite people over, <clears throat> and there was a man named Kurt, and I was talking to him about discipline, about how to handle the pow-pow and, and all that. And he told me, he said, there's two things that are always going to remain and that are going to be most influential in your children's life um, from you. And it's not the discipline. He says, whatever discipline you give them, um, good. You know, if it's pow, pow, if it's this, that or the other, mm -hmm. um, it will all work for their good as long as there is love and communication yes. at the end of the day. Yes. And that's exactly what you're hitting on, love and yeah. communication. Yes. Yeah, I mean, because communication is, is the engine to any relationship, really. Mm -hmm. You know, and there has to be effective communication, too. And it's important to, to have a good relationship with our children, to communicate with our kids how we, how we are feeling and find out how they are feeling. Because I hear, I hear parents sometimes that, you know, like, you know, you you hear uh, like suicide right now in in, in adolescence. It's increasing, mm -hmm. and I I heard about this nine year old boy that committed suicide, and the parents would say they had no clue what was going on in their kid's life. And I think it's very important for us parents to show love to our kids by sitting down with them, talking to them, uh, finding out what's going on in school. You know, like for me, like you know, I found out Jeremy was being bullied at school, and um. Because, I mean, all of a sudden I started losing so much weight and, you know, I was trying to talk to him and he wouldn't tell me what was going on at first because, of, he, of course, he didn't want to, you know, me to feel sorry for him. He, wanted, he thought he was going to handle it by himself. But I found out that he was being bullied and, I mean, after I talked to Jeremy, at one point it was so bad to where he, he, he was suicidal at one point, you know, and thankfully we were able to talk through it and... um you know, so sometimes I, I think what would have happened had I not talked to him? What would have happened if I didn't, uh, you know, have a good communication with him? Yeah. You know, so my heart goes out to families that have lost their children to suicide through bullying or whatever the children are going through in their lives. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do you, because I'm not at that point, Micah can't even speak back to me right. you know, <laughs> other than scream at me, but how do you cultivate good communication lines with your children? How do you get them to want to communicate to you? So for me, like it's like I said, it started, I, I fostered this when they were very little. We talked a lot, like when when they were very young, uh, like I, I, I see how you talk to Micah right now, 
keep doing that because that's how you're actually cultivating a good open relationship with him talking to him like like he can talk back yeah. you know so i did that with my children i talked to them like they could talk back to me and giving them respect you know like they and you know like sometimes they want that uh, time alone yeah. you know i i respect that um but like i said uh also like through prayer <laughs> like yeah. everything always goes back to prayer uh for god to help us to have that close relationship like i said when i was growing up i really didn't have a close relationship with my dad i mean i had a close relationship with my mom and that relationship i feel like it was fostered through prayer also mm -hmm. you know so with the boys i tried to I let them know that yes i'm their friend but also i'm their mom yeah. you know so there has to be a line there there has to be boundaries to when and they know also like when i'm in mom mode and when i'm in a friend mode so my kids we are best friends and yet at the same time i'm the mom in the relationship mm, that's you excellent know? yeah <laughs> well let's take a moment why don't you pray for those who feel like they're struggling in the area of communication with their children mm -hmm. yeah uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just come and pray right now for fathers and mothers that are listening right now that are struggling with their relationship with their children, whether their children are young or they are adults. Father, I'm asking that um, you bring healing. You bring uh, healing to those broken relationships. I pray, God, that you bring healing to the relationships that have been broken due to demonic activity or due to whatever mental health illness or whatever the reason the relationships were broken. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for you to mend the broken relationships, to bring healing, the broken hearts to be mended in Jesus' name and those relationships, God, to be re um, revived in Jesus' mighty name and Amen. give them wisdom and discernment on how to foster this relationship. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Thank yes, yes. Any other topics you wanna hit? Oh, that, no, I don't know, no, like, uh, I don't know how to handle, like my kids are starting want, wanting to date now. I told them they were not allowed to date till they were 40. Mm. But now they're 13 and 12 and they're like, oh, I wanna go to, on a date. I don't know how to handle that right now. A good piece of advice I remember was, uh, it was a guy, it was a preacher named Paul Washer. Have you mm. heard of him? Yes, okay. yes. So he's, I think he has a, I don't know how old his son is now, maybe 16, 17 years old, but he says, someone will come up and ask, is your child, is your son dating? He says, no, he's not dating. Um, and the reason he says, because a woman needs a man. A woman doesn't need a boy. And right now my son is a boy. And so what I'm gonna do is, is spend time and, ha and help him to become a man before he goes that's out that. and 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 offers himself to a woman. Oh, that's a good. Yes, I mean, because I'm like Jaden and Jeremy, I don't want you guys to. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, that's good advice. Well, guys, uh, it was good to to be with you. It was it was great to have the opportunity to speak to you, um, Nea. Thank you so much for your insight. I learned a lot from you. Oh, thank you, sir. Yes. You are doing an amazing job, and Elijah and Micah are very blessed to have you and Lily as their parents. Thank you very much. You're doing an amazing job. I want you to be my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Adopt you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, it, it was a blessing to be with you. I uh, hope you guys were encouraged, and uh, we'll talk to you on episode three. Yes, have a good evening, good night, good morning, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye.